Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio with you tonight is me, Bonnie. And I'm Ian. We went and saw the Barbie movie, didn't we? We sure did. And I have to say, it was really uh, a lot of fun. I had, of course, you know, growing up a boy, had no interest in Barbies uh, as a, a child. I was playing with Transformers. But uh, I also, my sister, I don't think really was that into them. Maybe she had a couple of them or something, but... I remember asking you before if your sister was into Barbies and you said, no, she's into Care Bears. Yeah, that sounds about more more her speed. But um, so I don't really have any like stories about torturing Barbies because that was like a thing that uh, that boys grew up doing yeah. was like trying to harm the, the Barbie dolls that their sisters had. Um, so I never really had that We that would experience. always... Me and my sister who are like the same age, like she's not my twin, but she's as close as you can basically get to being the same age as being a sister. Mm-hmm. Um, she's only like less than a year and a half older than me. We would always play with Barbies. Barbie was my thing it, and my sister's thing. It was not Bratz dolls. I wasn't mm-hmm. allowed to That's have like Bratz dolls. That's like a newer thing that, that came out, no, what, that, 20 years ago? That came out when I was a kid too. Right. But, I mean, I'm only 27, <laughs> but... Um, well, they didn't have that in the 1980s. Right. In, the, in the 80s, it was like Cabbage Patch Kids were really big. Yep, and that's hit on in the uh, Barbie movie, yep. Baby Dolls. And then Barbie, of course, was really big. I mean, there were probably other things that I was just not privy to as a boy. Right. Uh, but those were the two that like made it into my perceptions. As far as dolls, it was basically just Polly Pocket and Barbie dolls that my sister and I played with all the time. Mm-hmm. And then there was lots of like animal dolls, like T.Y. Beanie Babies or Ty, however you say it. Yeah, I remember seeing the Polly Pocket ads in the 90s. Yeah, those Polly Pockets that first came out were the tiny ones that literally mm-hmm. were like, oh, it's pocket size. You get a right. little heart locket thing in a tiny Polly Pocket. I had one of those, but only like one. And then they came out with a bigger sized one. And she would still have her own little house that was like small and compact but it was bigger. Yeah, I love Polly Pocket and their little plastic, um, almost like rubber clothes are really hard to get on her. That was so fun. But Barbie was always number one. Mm-hmm. Like one of my first Christmases I can remember, I still lived in Alaska, so I had to be less than three years old. I got a Barbie house and we had that forever. They and, had that in the movie? Yep, like the Barbie Dream House. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was that brand of Barbie Dream House or what, but I, I had some Barbie big house. Mm. And um, my, my brother that was eight years older than me, we would always try to get him to come play Barbie with us because he would first act like he was playing Barbies with us. And then he'd like destroy everything and make us laugh. Mm. So he didn't like kill our Barbies, like cut their hair off or something like that. But he would like make Barbie get in a car accident. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sounds like something a boy would do. Yeah. And, and also, I only remember having one Ken ever. And I always remembered hmm. Ken having brown hair. He has blonde hair in this I movie. I think they had multiple but Kens. Yeah, now I'm. There must be multiple ones. I just never paid attention mm-hmm. to Ken. It's not like I went down the Barbie aisles. Neither and did Barbie, at Ken. apparently. Right, and that's kind of the point of the movie mm-hmm. that Ken is just an accessory to Barbie. But um, yeah, I had a, this snake Ty Beanie Baby that we used as a boy for some reason. Okay, imagination. <laughs> yep, and um, I don't know. I that was one part about the movie that I really liked was that it in a way that maybe you would have to have grown up playing dolls to understand because it's kind of trying to explain it to Ian but he didn't really seem to know what I meant the Barbie movie felt less like a movie with this movie flow like oh it's part one part two and now we're in the last scene and mm-hmm. it's all going to be put together it felt more like 
a girl playing with Barbies, hmm. a whole bunch of Barbies at once, and then she's going through and, okay, now we got to figure out what happens to this one for the end of the day of this story we made. It's mm-hmm. It didn't feel so organized. but Is it, that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, I thought it was a good thing because not all movies are that way. Like, lots of movies have this obvious, like, you know where this is going type of thing. This one kind of didn't. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the big question right now is, was Barbie woke? And we know for sure that Go Woke, Go Broke didn't work on this. Yeah, it hit, what, $150 million or something this weekend? It got a record for, I don't know what you said, it was post-COVID or... No, I think it was this year. Just a record for this year? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it did really well, especially with movies not doing that well. So did you feel like there were any redeeming male characters in the film? Like, were there any male characters that were particularly helpful to... Uh, the protagonists or brought anything to the table besides comic relief? I don't think that that's really the point because Barbie also was extremely generic and mm-hmm. had uh, had to have like a change of heart to realize that being perfect isn't like as amazing as she thought to begin with. I think the point is they finally realized that a perfect female world maybe isn't better than a world where men have some freedom as well so why would if it was all just like woke bs you would think the i'm not going to give away the ending but basically barbie land is a world that is amazing for barbie and ken kind of has the short end of the stick Mm -hmm. and then when barbie travels to the real world and uh ken travels to the real world ken brings patriarchy back like his idea of what patriarchy is because he's like a ken doll he doesn't really read or have he's not very smart so he just thinks patriarchy is all about drinking beers from a mini fridge having a leather couch singing this song by three doors down over and over again Mm -hmm. and just like and that's the other thing they only attack some really silly aspects of like men that actually made me like really laugh out loud because i was like i've never even thought of the fact that like every bachelor man including ian when he was a bachelor has a leather couch (laughs) why is that but um the couches are nice it's not like they were attacking like um you you men you just want to be the protectors and stuff like that you know the stuff that people really get sensitive about because they believe that well that's a good thing about men and people are trying to make it seem bad i Mm. i don't agree with making that seem bad either i mean i'm not an expert on these matters but i thought the whole idea of the patriarchy was that Men are in charge, men are in control, men rule the, you know, the corporate world, men rule the, you fill in the blank world, whatever it is, you know, for the most part, men rule it, uh, unless there's specific carve outs for, for women. And I mean, in this film, the men are the ones who are running Mattel. Uh, so Mattel is in the movie, which is actually one of the more entertaining aspects of the film and kind of surprising aspects yeah. of it. Uh, is Mattel basically allowed themselves to be skewered. Obviously, they had to give permission for this. And there's a lot of jabs uh, at Mattel as a company at some of the mistakes that they made over time. And they're very funny. They're very funny jabs. They'll they'll bring up like these one-off dolls that they tried to introduce and they just didn't work out and they took them off the line or whatever. Like there There was was pregnant Barbie. Yeah, there was a pregnant Barbie. There was a sugar daddy Ken at one point. Uh, So like you and you said you weren't a big Barbie fan, so you didn't even know about. Oh, I thought you uh, said you weren't a huge fanatic of Barbie. 
that you just kind of grew up with her. Like I was you didn't basically know about, as fanatic as a kid could be. Right, but you didn't carry it into adulthood. You don't oh. have a collection of Barbies. You didn't know about the Allen, Allen doll. You didn't know about the sugar daddy Ken. Or did You're you even know about the pregnant? Being kind of a gatekeeper at this point. Did you even know about yes, the pregnant Barbie? There okay. was a pregnant Barbie. I never had it. Okay. I mean, I just think that's weird. I had a Barbie with a baby. And it was an actual, like, stereotypical Barbie-looking one that had mm-hmm. a baby. But she wasn't pregnant, I don't think. I don't think she could be pregnant. She wasn't, like, trailer trash Barbie? No. She had a baby? <laughs> yeah. Um, No, I'm not trying to be a gatekeeper. I don't know what you mean by that. You're trying to say but... I wasn't a big enough fan of Barbie? No, I don't. I just don't know. I don't... Uh, you seemed to not know some of the references that they were making in the movie, It's been around so... since the 40s. Yeah. Like... And I, I, like I said, I wouldn't go to the Barbie aisle, which mm-hmm. was like where I went to when my parents went to Walmart to look at Ken's and Allen's. Yeah. So the point is the the Barbie company, Mattel, uh, is represented in a very corporate manner in this particular film. You know, like the the company is over corporatized. I mean, it's sort of almost like Matrix level dull in the company like there's the there's the boardroom where the all-male board of directors is there and it's a large very large board there's probably at least 20 board of directors members which i don't believe about real life and i was thinking that during the movie that's probably not the case for real life yeah i bet that there's Uh, lots of women and diversity and stuff like that because that's a thing now well, is. at one point when pressed, the CEO character played by Will Ferrell does claim that there were two CEOs who were female in Mattel's history. And I don't know if that's true, but I presume it is. I don't think they would have put uh, something like that in the movie if it wasn't true. But uh, the one female character that works in this company is the secretary. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, even the underlings in the company, which look, you know work in this Matrix-like drab underfloor cubicles, cubicles uh, with no... White. Yeah, very, very cave-like. They're They're all males. So, I mean, the the males are effectively the bad guys in the movie. The patriarchy is sort of the bad concept that must be defeated. But here's the thing. I don't want to give away the ending. I feel like I will a little bit. So, alert if you don't want to have any spoiler. spoiler. This isn't like intense spoiler, but um, I think that one thing you're missing is in perfect Barbie dreamland, where mm. Barbie is doing so much better than Ken and everything is perfect for women only, mm-hmm. uh, she realizes that she's not that happy there and goes to the world where, quote unquote, matri- or patriarchy exists. Sure. So she, cho- okay, I kind of did give away a pretty big part there. I forgot. Mm. She chooses to become human. Okay, yep, that's a big, uh, I just big said giveaway it. there. I yeah. said it, so yeah, I, um, I said <laughs> it before. did say spoiler I, alert. Yeah, I did say spoiler alert. So I, I well, think I mean, what you, you're you missing is... you pretty much have to get think, to that. Wait, I, I want to say this. I think that you're missing that Ken goes into the real world. He sees that there's men on the dollar bills mm-hmm. and silly things like that. He sees a gym where guys are working out. They're like, bro, bro, bro. Mm, and he believes that patriarchy is real because of some si- silly things, not because of like important stuff. Even though it was present throughout a good chunk of the film, it and and I did describe it as being bashed over the head with the patriarchy. It was something that I could still leave aside and be able to enjoy the movie for what it was. And there was a lot more going on, like a lot of comedy, a lot of really uh, creative filmmaking going on as well. Like the way the movie was constructed, the the sets. The sort of the production design of the the film was very very creative, uh, very much in 
very much inspired by the way people play with toys, specifically girls apparently playing with uh, with Barbies, such as, and I think this is shown in the trailer, such as she just kind of floats out from her house. Her house, like there's no walls on the the house because there weren't in, or at least not front walls. There, yeah. Uh, there's you know when you had the dream house or whatever as a little girl, that's the way it was. Like Barbie's on one floor, and you just take her out of that floor and you put her in another floor. So that actually goes on. Uh, in this Barbie world. And so it was very, very cool how they made and constructed this world. Yep. I mean, um, but we liked the movie. And I just wanted to get back to the point about whether or not it was too too much patriarchy in your face. Obviously, it didn't uh, go woke and then went broke, like people try to claim will happen. So I just don't, I've never believed that. Um, No, that's, that's... Seems like propaganda. That's like conservative propaganda. I mean, it may be true Disney's in some, not broke. some instances. Uh, supposedly, Bud Light stock went down or whatever, or Budweiser stock. I don't know. I don't follow these things yeah. closely. But this was the number one movie of the weekend. It uh, actually had the weekend box office pulled up here. It was $155 million and another $182 million internationally. So, like, globally, this movie brought in over $300 million in just the first weekend, which probably meant that it paid for itself. I don't know what the budget was, but I suspect it wasn't $300 million. It was definitely um, in the works for a long time. I think before COVID, because, mm. um, well, I, I just heard that it was going on for, like, five years. So I think that it, it started before COVID. Margot Robbie was a big part she's the one that plays barbie she was a big part in um making it become a movie and i heard that that had been going on for years and apparently they were going to have gal gadot player which i'm so glad they didn't have her i just i don't agree with everyone else that gal gadot is like perfectly gorgeous and should play barbie i don't understand like margot robbie literally is perfect to play barbie so i'm glad yep, that she, she did. seemed to be well cast apparently she was a producer on the film as well and one thing um that I just noted about it was I kept thinking it reminded me of pre-COVID. It it wasn't anything. It, it went to the real world. It's just mm-hmm. Los Angeles, and it's now. You know, it's it doesn't say a year when they're there, but it's you know supposedly now. But there is. Uh, but it wasn't really the real world, was it? It was a very fictionalized version of the real world in that the especially when it came to Mattel where the Mattel executives were particularly bumbling and incompetent like to the point where they can't even get out of their own building <laughs> due to not being able to operate their turnstiles to leave the building I mean, <laughs> instead of just jumping over them they're literally trapped by them for a long period of time I guess you're right because also a Barbie comes into the world via Barbie some special method uh, yeah, you can leave and, and, uh, and arrive. You can leave from the real world and go into the Barbie world and, and vice versa uh, via some long circuitous route. And I, th- I forget who it was that pointed this out, but when Barbie and Ken first come out of the real world, and, I, and this isn't, I don't think, giving too much away. It's shown in the, I think, in the trailers where they're in these hot pink bike suits uh, or like biking outfits or it's whatever. A, it's a roller Rollerblading, thank you. And, you know, they've got their, they've got their bright, yellow rollerblades and they're really sticking out they're on like venice beach or something like like that neon colored and everyone else is wearing black or whatever and literally every man that she goes by is saying some cheesy pickup line or some sort of gross 
thing to her ultimately, including one guy coming up and slapping her on the rear. Like these are not. This is not. I don't think a particularly realistic world. I. I mean, I well, haven't spent a, a lot of time. So hmm? I. I think it's only played up enough to be a real world, but except this is a movie. Yeah, I don't well, think that it's really pl- so played up that you're supposed to think this is a fantasy world too. You know what I mean? Like it's it too was. played up because they want to make a point. Yeah. Like it's exaggerated. Maybe yeah. every time you walk down the boardwalk, some guy won't slap you on the butt. I mean, you're you're pretty girl, Bonnie. Um, how often does this happen to you? This sort of behavior where construction workers are saying lewd things to you, and I mean, it's never happened to me more than mm-hmm. in front of the Moose Mart. And I, I wouldn't <laughs> where say you used that, to work. Uh, yeah, the I, convenience store. Nobody has, um, like slapped my butt. That's not what I mean. It's more just like people driving by, mm-hmm. honk honk. When I'm like bringing the sign out mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know, I think that happens more in New Hampshire than it happens in, because I think the reason why I, I always had this feeling like I could wear whatever I want and I wouldn't look out of place walking around like San Antonio or Austin. But when I'm here, I feel like if I dress up too much, I look out of place. Everybody's like, I'm just in the middle of the woods. Why are you dressed like that or kind of thing? It's like mm-hmm. everything is family oriented in New Hampshire. And apparently Barbie was named after her daughter, Barbara. And I always heard, I always thought that it was a man. I always heard the creator of Barbie named Barbie after his daughter. That's See, what that's I just thought. the patriarchy that's programmed you. I swear that I remember, I was telling Ian <laughs> during the movie, I was like, I swear it's a man. And he was like, what? The patriarchy changed the myth of, Bar- of Barbie <laughs> to have been created by a man. Maybe my parents were just wrong. Because I swear I remember when I was a little kid, my parents telling me, oh, the, the creator of Barbie named Barbie after his daughter. Maybe mm. they did say hers and I just remembered it wrong. But either way, I looked up and it's true that it was mm-hmm. this woman that created Barbie. Um, and anyway, so she's like God to Barbie, right? Sure. And there's a scene where Barbie is talking to this woman and says like, wait, you don't get to choose my path? And she says, no, I, I don't get to choose my path. My joy is to watch you become whatever you end up becoming. I don't get to choose your path? Yeah, she doesn't get to choose yeah. what Barbie does for the rest of her life. She she just will be happy to see Barbie living her best life, whatever mm-hmm. that life is. And that's when Barbie says, like, I want to become human then. Mm. And I, I just think that it just gives... It was surprisingly emotional. I know you didn't you didn't really feel, I don't think, as that that scene was as important. You're talking about the I later on one, right? I didn't say that. The thing that I said that was negative was I felt like it would never end. There was like, mm. multi, there were so many characters that they all had their own little ending and that went on for way too long. Uh, okay. Like, they should have somehow combined. That's just in a movie sense, though. And mm-hmm. it wasn't even bad enough for me to, like, be like, oh, You didn't it's bad. check your watch or anything like that, right? No. But I will say, like, when we watched Avatar and when we watched The Little Mermaid, I was like, oh, it's already over. Mm-hmm. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I this was. It dragged like, a little bit for it you. It dragged a little mm-hmm. bit. And I think that's just because there were so many characters. They all needed a resolution, of course. And that just um, took a lot. Well, they don't all, you know, a lot, a lot of movies just let go of some of the other characters. So they certainly could have, they could have probably wrapped it up a little differently. I, I mean, I, I felt like when I was watching it that it wasn't dr- dragging really. Um, and I felt like they, it was a tough movie to kind of wrap up, but I think they pulled it off. Yeah. Well, they, I, I guess they did as good as they could. But um, I wasn't, I didn't say anything bad about that scene with the creator. I was mm-hmm. actually nearly. Tearful. I just didn't want to tear up because we're going to go get ice cream after, so I didn't. <laughs> because I don't wear waterproof eye makeup. It's easier to take off that way. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, 
that scene actually was really uh, nice because it, it just like you would think the Barbie movie would be all about how great it is to be a Barbie. But in reality, it's actually about how great it is to be a human. Mm. And I think, yeah, that's a great uh, way to put it. That's a great. You should you should tweet that one out because that's a that's a good summary. I feel like I'd be it. too copying of Jeffrey Tucker. True. Plus, I took a whole break, like a week off of Twitter, and it just happened to coincide with the Barbie movie coming mm-hmm. out. So I'd be like a week late. Yeah, well, whatever. I thought that. I think that sums it up really well. We have Skeeter from California here. Skeeter, what's on your mind? Hey, I uh, wanted to quickly add, you know, that the Barbie movie is doing so well and uh, not facing backlash uh, because uh, Barbie was originally a, f- a female property. And it is a feminism trying to like subvert like another well-established male property like Star Wars, Marvel, or even Indiana Jones. <laughs> but um, wait, I'm so, confused. What do you uh, mean that Barbie is trying to subvert? What is she trying to subvert? No, I'm saying it's it, it's doing well and not facing backlash like other movies currently because it's oh Barbie I was see. originally you know a girl thing i see what you're saying so if barbie had if if it was like a gi joe doll movie but then they made it feminist propaganda then it would get more backlash i see what you're saying yeah well it's definitely getting backlash in the in the places you would expect it to get which is from conservative types who are lambasting it many of them without ever having seen it so i mean it's getting backlash but it's not enough to make it a failure it's not going to be a commercial failure in fact it's been incredibly successful yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, it's the left trying to indoctrinate the young girls. That's—I uh, don't think that can be disputed. Uh, but you know, um, oh, uh, I'm a movie buff, by the way. I mean, so it's like—so you've uh, seen the movie I then? Did you go see the movie with your girlfriend? No, I watched Oppenheimer with her. Oh. <laughs> and okay. he's like—he uh, shouldn't be—he shouldn't be so glum because. The uh, detonating the atomic bomb in Japan was one of the most humane things that could have ever been done in history. That's an insane thing to say. It's <laughs> pretty insane. Why, no, I, how I can mean, you say uh, that? I mean, this is not originally why I called, but um, well, you're going to have uh, to defend it now. Go ahead. It's it's the greatest World War deterrent ever, but it's it, on the one, war was on over. Again, it's the greatest world war deterrent ever. There's never been a world war. Well, this is what you would expect somebody who's a psychopath uh, who's called and has said (laughs) that you think it's okay basically to – now you're saying it's okay to do wholesale uh, genocide. What was it, 200,000 people? The the fact that – the fact there's never been a conventional world there's never been a conventional World War Three since there was there was two right before that. Okay, causation doesn't equal. I mean, um, what is it? Correlation is not causation. Yeah, that is I don't think that true. those two things have anything. They had the Korean the War after that, and they had the Vietnam War after that. Just because they didn't declare the it Iraq a war. quote unquote war. I'm doesn't... talking about conventional world, world war. I'm talking about conventional world war. And it, was that the only option, war, though, that could have... Um, if you're Okay, say we take what you're so. saying uh, uh, for granted, that that's the reason we haven't had World War Three. Was it the only way that they could have deterred it, though? Because they could have yeah. uh, just showed the world it, that they had that kind of um, technology without just exploding people. You need to show you need to show the human damage. Unfortunately, the, the, uh, people don't uh, learn otherwise. So. so you can show all the tests on Los Alamos all you want. It's not going to have the same effect. They chose they chose to minimize sick, the damage, man. though. They didn't. That's sick. What was that? 
What do you mean they chose to minimize the damage? They dropped it on well-populated cities. I mean, not that it no, would be okay if they just dropped no, it on a small town. If they wanted town. to do that, they would have dropped it on Tokyo. That's ridiculous. Okay, okay so anyways, uh, I mean... I mean, I wanted to recommend a libertarian movie you may may not have seen because it's foreign. Maybe uh, it's called "The uh, Lives of Others" from 2006. I uh, suggest you check that out. Why? And you want to know good? Huh? Why? It's, it's a good libertarian. I think you'll like it. It's libertarian. It won, it won the Oscar for uh, best foreign movie that year. So just on that fact alone. It's really good. You should check it out. It's a little yeah, it's hard. It's hard to take any uh, suggestions from a guy that thinks it's okay to drop bombs on innocent people. <laughs> yeah, I looked mean, it up. It's crazy. We're going to bring up what we were talking about earlier. Uh, what we talked about when we first opened the show, which was that a black man in Ohio. I only even mentioned that he's black because of the fact that it's in this title of this article. I don't think it really matters what color he is. He's a human. And he w- walked out of his car with his arms up, and a policeman still released his canine on him, and he got mauled by this canine. And thankfully, that policeman actually got fired. This is from CNN. The Circleville, Ohio police officer who was seen on video releasing a police canine on an unarmed black man has been fired, according to a statement from the department. Wow. Now, is he being charged, though? Probably not. At least not yet. I don't... I read most of this article, but I don't think so. Hmm. Says Circleville police officer Ryan Speakman's actions during the review of his canine apprehension apprehension of suspect Jadarius Rose on July 4th show that Officer Speakman did not meet the standards and expectations we hold for our police officers. The police department Hmm. said in a statement, Officer Speakman has been terminated from the department effective immediately. I'm impressed. That hardly ever happens. Well, I gotta would, say, it, would it have happened if there wasn't a video? No, of course not. Um, <laughs> but uh, it does seem to be happening more often these days since George Floyd seemed to be sort of like the turnaround point for right. this. I, I think that it's great. No matter what else came from like Black Lives Matter, lots of people, um, you know, have only negative things to say about that whole moment in history. But one thing that's great is that people... They stood up and said, we are not okay with this, even though it had been going on for a long time. And I had been standing up saying I was not okay with it for a long time. Just mm-hmm. police brutality in general, not specifically of black people, but of anyone. You did it before it was cool. Yeah, I did it way before it was cool. <laughs> I, when I did it, I got called racist for it. Wow. Because apparently it's racist to um, say that the police should be abolished because, well, white people, something, something. You're against uh, the race of police. No, they, they, I got called racist by an Inuit woman from Alaska because apparently, well, minorities are so poor they can't afford to defend themselves so they need police to defend them. That that happened in 2016. It's so ridiculous. She worked at the military. She worked at the bank I worked at. Oh, so she was on the military base. Yeah. So she's totally Everybody was totally reprogrammed on the Mm -hmm. military base. When I started uh, disliking cops, I lived on a military base in Utah and I went door to door with the ACLU Know Your Rights flyers and I was like, I'm going to give people these flyers because I just find out the cops are really bad. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize absolutely everybody hated me for that because Oof. they were all uh, like cop lovers. Even like my best friend was like, Bonnie, I'm just going to be honest with you. You should probably like tone it down on <laughs> Facebook because <laughs> cops are actually, they do a lot of good. Oh, man. And um, anyways. I'm glad you don't live there now. Yeah, it was it was it's a mostly civilian military base. That makes it even worse than mm-hmm. a regular military base. Like it's not just a bunch of like enlisted army soldiers. 
it's like a bunch of entrenched civilians who mm-hmm. work for the government. So yeah. they love the government even more. Like Career people, guys. People just walk up to me and be like, I gotta say, I don't like what you put on Facebook because, well, if we didn't have a mili- uh, government, I would lose a job. Oh. I'm not, I literally <laughs> got that one when I worked at the bank and this man just started this conversation with me when I didn't start it with him. Oh my goodness. Is um, he a bank customer? Yeah, bank customer. Oh, wow. And um, anyways... What was I actually saying before? I, oh, yeah. So I was glad that at least in 2020, there were people that stood up and said, whether it was for only the reason that they would only stand up for it when it was black people and it was put in front of their faces. Mm-hmm. Because bl- plenty of black people had been wrongly killed and harmed by police beforehand and it never started a, um, you know, an uprising. But no matter what their uh, reasoning for it happening, it did happen that the people stood up and said, we won't tolerate this anymore. And if you want this to stop, you're going to have to change. And it did change the police a little bit. Not enough because I wanted the the no, messaging yeah. got attacked immediately. The messaging started off like an anti-police thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to this um, anti-police rally. Mm-hmm. And it got just... Um, taken over immediately it wasn't about abolishing the police there were even what did like they turn it into not abolish the police but defund the police mm-hmm. like you, i even saw like instagram posts like instagram was the main place where you would log in and hear about this all the time like and get your downloaded um propaganda it would go from it, it went from like right away if people were saying don't say defund the police say or don't say uh, abolish the police say defund the police because well, something, something, I don't even remember at this point. I don't remember what the woke explanation was for why they changed it to defund the police, but mm. that was more woke than abolish the police, and that got overridden pretty fast, and it became defund. So the Circleville Police in Ohio announced that they fired their officer, Ryan Speakman, because after a review of the video, they saw that he did not act in he did not meet the standards and expectations they hold for their police officers and of course it's just because they got caught because got caught. Yeah. they have a video camera and they don't want I, th- I think that part of like what i was saying that's actually a good thing about what happened from the blm like protests in 2020 was that now this police station i it's it's giving me the vibe obviously i can't confirm this that they don't want a George Floyd thing on their hands. Whether uh, It probably wouldn't get as big as George Floyd. I mean, this man didn't die. But they see the black man. So it's already in the... Uh, oh, they're trying to head off the potential protests or whatever. Yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, they even though he didn't get killed and they did fire the, man, the police officer, mm-hmm. the headline of the CNN article says, Police canine handler who released dog... That attacked an unarmed black man in mm. Ohio. And it, black is capitalized. Nothing else is. It's kind of weird. Mm. Like black is a country or something. In Ohio has been fired, department says. Well, no, normally capitalization. Oh, you mean like capital letter or all caps? No, just one B is oh, okay, okay. capitalized. It's still kind of weird because black is not prone. It's not a cop. It's not a pro. What's Pronoun? the word? It, okay, no. It's not a pop, proper noun. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little weird. Because, I mean, you, you would think normally they'd... Um, uppercase every first letter in a headline. Yeah. But they didn't uppercase anything weird. other than black, not even man. 
Um, my my point is that the, this police department probably got rid of this officer because it's worth it to them to not have people attacking them because of yep. this. And I think that's a, a good thing. Whatever I, it takes. I wish that it would happen for any kind of person, and I wish that it would have been happening since the beginning because people and it just... Would be, it would be nice if this guy was actually this cop if he was actually able to be held accountable beyond just losing his job, like actually be sued for what he did. But of course, he's still going to be protected by qualified immunity. Yep. And I, I'm sure that I read the article and I don't recall them saying anything about him getting charged. I probably would have remembered that. Well, now that and, doesn't um, always happen right away. I mean, to be to be fair to the bureaucrats, right? Like they're slow and they have to quote unquote investigate hmm. and then they have to cook up you know whatever the things they're going to say in the indictment so like an indictment isn't going to come probably in the next 24 hours it might be a few weeks down the road or something like that so that may be coming it may well, still happen although i would bet against it i actually it. don't think that he would get charged with any, any with anything because one weird part about this article that i found really strange was even though we read that statement from the Circleville police about them saying that he didn't meet their expectations and standards. It goes on to say that the police department's investigation into the incident included a determination by a use of force review board Mm -hmm. that determined the agency's policy for use of canines was followed in the apprehension and arrest of Rose, the man who got attacked by the dog, according to a statement from the agency. But they fired him because he didn't follow it that's right? not what they said it's not that he didn't do it's not that he didn't use the dog according to their policy it's that they just said he didn't meet the standards and expectations they hold for their police officers mm. so i think that that that's exactly another reason that i think that they were like we can't have george floyd on our hands can you we summarize what actually happened i know yes, you saw the one. video i did not i only heard you've briefly describe it earlier tonight yes i can uh it's in in the article here i'll go into it it says The July 4th vehicle pursuit began after a motor carrier enforcement inspector, so not like a regular cop, Mm -hmm. tried to stop a semi-truck and the suspect was driving, or that the suspect was driving due to a missing mud flap. So if you ever see these flaps that are behind the wheels on lots of different larger cars, they're required because big cars can kick up huge rocks and kill people. They Mm. can run into the windshield of the person behind them and kill people. Right. So it's a pretty understandable stop. It didn't seem like something that crazy. Uh, could have been like routine and that he wrote him a ticket, told him to go get one. Not saying that police officers should exist. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that wasn't the crazy part. But when the inspector turned on the, his lights on his marked patrol vehicle, the suspect vehicle continued west on US 35 the report says noting the driver made eye contact with the inspector strange he like saw he was getting pulled over and he wouldn't pull over Mm. when the driver failed to stop the inspector notified dispatch to send a marked patrol unit to assist video released by authorities shows them pursuing the semi truck which appeared to initially slow down and stop Body cameras were relatively controversial when they first came out there were kind of two schools of thought within the cop uh accountability or the cop block community some people said this is a good thing more cops with cameras can't be a bad thing i mean we're gonna see what they're doing more often uh on the other hand the other side of it was well 
but body cameras could be used against people as much as they could be used against the police because they could capture people doing X, Y, or Z victimless crime. It's been shown by now that it is a good thing because as long as much as they can use evidence against you, if they didn't have a camera on them, they could just say that you did whatever you wanted. So it doesn't. It's not even like they needed the police evidence. It's not even like they would needed a video to say that you said something. Yeah, well, they could that just is lie true. Before. Mm, that's true. Yeah, I, I was leading on the side at the time of pro body cams, but I thought the uh, the critique was kind of interesting. There was another critique that said that eventually the body camera feeds could be tied into some sort of like facial recognition database, and just like a cop walking down a main street could be scanning people's faces. They're not even there to do anything, right? They're just walking down Main Street and some computer system is scanning everybody's face and yep, then all of a sudden he gets a text message saying, oh, arrest the blonde guy or whatever. That and just that's not that crazy you. because it is what they do right now with um, car license scanning. And that's a due process violation. That shouldn't be happening. But I happens. don't think it happens in New Hampshire. I believe that they prohibited that from happening here by the police, if I recall correctly. But that is a thing that does happen in a lot of places. And and they can also still go and type in people's licenses so they can still go into a parking lot and, you know, type license plate numbers into whatever database search. But I'm pretty sure they're not allowed to actually just wholesale uh, use scanners on people. In New Hampshire. In New Hampshire. But yeah, it does happen where a, a police car can just be sitting there and every car that drives past it gets mm-hmm. in the camera of its scanner. Or if they roll through a parking lot. Yeah. And then really snag, snag a bunch of plates. and Oh, this guy's got a warrant out. Yep. And of course, you know, somebody that's a pro-cop person listening might say to themselves, well, somebody has a warrant out. They, they should be arrested. Well, there's a lot of warrants out for people for completely victimless so-called crimes of, you know, possession of whatever chemical or, or plant so it's just a due process violation. You shouldn't be searched just because you drove your car to Walmart. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It's an unreasonable search, which is Fourth Amendment, right? Yeah. Well, but privacy is uh, less and less now than it's ever been. And People that's don't not, seem to care. And that's not to defend uh, that fact. It's just to simply point that out. And that kind of ties into another story that we can talk about here tonight, Bonnie, the world coin thing, uh, which is... I, I, I had I had not heard about this until just the last few days, but apparently it's been in development for a few years. I found out about it last night. I got an alert on my phone from a crypto wallet app mm-hmm. that messaged me, WorldCoin is skyrocketing. Get in on WorldCoin now. Like something I've never mm. seen it say about any other crypto. It's not like I get a message about that, about Dash all the time. It, it was so strange. I, I even showed it to him just to be like this is weird and he said oh it's that world coin thing and i had never heard of it till last night so what is it ian well um according to various different sources this is a crypto project started by one of the founders of open ai and we've talked a lot about chat gpt and some of the artificial quote-unquote artificial intelligence uh, things that are out there these days. And what is his name? Isn't it also Sam Bankman? No, it's Altman. Yeah, it's, it's the alt of Sam Bankman. Or the alternative, the alternative Sam- to being a man or something like that. <laughs> Altman. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Sam Altman. This is the same guy who was in front of Congress within the last couple months, you know, talking about how they need regulation of the world of AI. And the uh, open AI is, as we pointed out on this show, 
an organization that is not open in any way, shape, or form. They are not open source, for instance. You would think that a company called OpenAI would be open source, but no, they're not. They uh, they have it's closed source. You have no idea what's going on uh, behind the box, so to speak. And this Chat GPT thing that they came out with has certainly taken the tech world and maybe even beyond that by storm. I mean, there's no doubt that it's been incredibly popular and incredibly, I think, profitable for them so far. They're charging people to use their Chat GPT for service. And they want regulations, and they want to help write the regulations. I mean, this is the definition of a bad guy, big tech corporation that, mm. you know, like Microsoft and Google, they're that kind of company. They are very, you know, uh, controlling, compliant. compliant, yep, demanding more controls, very controlling of their own users. The open AI, uh, quote unquote, their service is highly restricted. The robot or whatever the the AI that they have won't even curse. I mean, it's highly highly restricted on oh, what it can say. Oh, this one they they get mad if you jailbreak it. Well, yeah, they don't like you jailbreaking their their product for sure. They'll kick you out of your account. Maybe they will. Um, they haven't kicked me out of the account yet. But anyway, this uh, very same guy who's behind OpenAI is also involved in Worldcoin. He's one of the founders of this new cryptocurrency. That, at least I presume, is a cryptocurrency. I have not looked deep enough to know if it retains all the usual hallmarks of a cryptocurrency, which would include decentralization and, you know, cryptography and uh, blockchains. And, like, there's certain things that you should have in order to be called a cryptocurrency. So I don't know if that's true here, but it's being purported, at least by the crypto media, as a crypto project. And according to Forbes, Benjamin Curry writing this piece here, this is a, apparently a, a partner link, so I don't know if this is a puff piece or whatever, but it goes over it. So Digital ID Platform WorldCoin officially launched on Monday this week, co-founded by OpenAI CEO Sam Altman. WorldCoin aims to provide its users with a verified digital identity. We have Major Payne here with his theory about why they're doing this retina scan of the orb to get a cryptocurrency? Because I mean, there's apparently some fishy it's an about iris scan. Too. I don't know if that's different. Is is an iris scan retina. different from oh. a retina scan? I don't know. I don't know. You're but, on the you're, line, you're Major Pan. They're they're uh, they're both better than your fingerprints. Mm-hmm. Your fingerprints can change over the years with scars and you know broken digits and whatnot. But uh, you you'll see a guy that you haven't seen for forty years. And he'll totally have physically changed, but mm-hmm. you can still recognize his eyes. Okay. That, this is a fact because it's happened to me. But as far as this retina scan, I think this is all a felony fishing expedition. The Europeans have been collecting retina scans for years, just mm-hmm. like fingerprints. Mm-hmm. So you're stupid enough to go give them your eyeball and your address and say, send me 30 bucks. And sure, it's, their 30 bucks is going to show up there, and there's going to be a Bobby and a Lori with them. Bonnie's probably too young to remember this, but in Philadelphia, and I think it was Florida, too, they uh, they sent out notifications to all these known felons. That, hey, you want a big screen colored TV? Just come on down and collect. <laughs> wow. Florida is a big, fat speedboat. And you'd be surprised how many of these idiots went down to claim their damn prizes. Yeah, it was an intelligence test. I remember hearing about that story. I've never heard of that. But if they had the addresses of the felons, why didn't they ever go and get them? Because why not just let them come to you? Hmm. It's a lot easier. 
Yeah. A lot less dangerous, I guess that's true. Indeed. Fish in a barrel. So I'm taking it you're not going to go sign up for the free $60 worth of uh, crypto? No, I, I think not. By the time I had to stand in line, I could probably make 60 bucks. And apparently <laughs> yeah, there are point. some lines. Uh, there is a video that was shared by the founder of this company, Sam Altman, uh, who shows, I don't know, a couple blocks worth of people waiting in line in what appears to be an Asian country to scan their irises in order to receive what is apparently 25 world coin. Right now they're valued at about $2.30 a piece. And so that's just under $60 worth of uh, world coin. And uh, Major Pay makes it. If, if, if I was hard enough up where I was having to sell my plasma to get a burger, maybe, <laughs> but give, no, no, no. I'm never giving up any of my personal data that I don't have to to the government that makes that makes a good point that um i it probably isn't all about the money it probably isn't all about the 60 bucks i mean that's pretty funny to think oh you're giving up your personal information for only 60 bucks i think another part about it is just the wanting to be a part of something like i've Mm. never seen this before i want to do it it's new i want to be a part of it well i mean i guess it would depend on your economic circumstances right so it is possible that this is going to attract more poorer people because for them 60 bucks might mean you know, getting to eat this week or yeah, something like that. Yeah, but do they like even that, know how to but... spend cryptocurrency? Well, well I don't there's know. A quote from ben- there's a quote from Benjamin Franklin that pretty much puts this to the point. He says, those that give up essential liberties for a little perceived safety mm-hmm. deserve neither. True. Good point. So according to WorldCoin, it adv- advances in artificial intelligence have made it increasingly difficult to tell whether online activity written text, digital artwork, or really anything that exists on the internet came from real humans or AI. The company proposes to help resolve this confusion by deploying a sort of digital passport based on what it calls proof of personhood. The goal is simple. A global That's a legal term. Is it? Person. Oh, the, right, the word person. So the goal is simple. A global financial and identity network based on proof of personhood, said Altman. He says it feels especially important in the AI era. I'm hopeful WorldCoin can contribute to conversations about how we share access, benefits, and governance of future AI systems. Uh, The article here at Forbes says WorldCoin's platform verifies a user's identity by scanning their iris to create personal, secure identification codes. The codes are saved on a decentralized blockchain, and the company claims they cannot be duplicated or spoofed to create false identities or engage in fraud. But I guess what I don't understand is, and I have not looked deeply into this, if you were to go through this process... First of all, you have to physically go to a place. There's uh, apparently as many as a couple dozen cities now that that have these world coin orbs that you were describing as a magic eight ball looking thing. They're they're all chrome, and you have to stare at it for some amount of time as it scans your iris, and then you're signed up. You uh, you know you've given it some other form of way to contact you. I don't know how that works exactly. The video that we saw, Bonnie, shows people scanning their phone so like they're holding something up maybe they're downloading the world coin app because they do have some sort of an uh, a wallet app or whatever so you create an account on the wallet app you scan it into this orb and then you scan your eyes to their credit they're not asking people to show any other form of id so you don't have to like show it your government identification 
or anything like that. Then to, why can't I just go sign up and say, hey, my name is Nikki Sunshine? You could. You could t- say what whatever saying. you could say whatever you wanted as far as your name is concerned. But the point that they're uh, what they're doing here is they are cataloging humans based on their irises. But later on, you'll see they claim to not save your iris information. Now, I don't know if there's any reason to believe that claim, but that is what they're saying. They're saying they're only using this data to ensure you don't sign up for WorldCoin more than one time. Because that would be an obvious way to try to scan this system, right? As you go and sign up more than once and you get more than 25 WorldCoin or whatever, right? So the, the way that they would do that is, um, have you, do you remember hearing about hashing during the Crypto 6 trial? Um, yeah, that it creates some kind of a math question. Yeah, so essentially a hash is like a computer code that's unique to any given computer file. And that could be true about your iris data, right? So if your iris data is unique data, if it's true that they're not saving the iris data, what they can do is they can make a hash from your iris data. And so from the hash code, if they just save the hash code, they don't actually have your iris data. They had it, but then they supposedly deleted that and they just saved the hash code. So if you then show up and you try to scan your iris at a different orb, and you say, well, I'm new to this, so I want another 25 world coin. Yeah, but it, they'll check your hash against the other hashes they have in the system, and they'll know really you've my already question. done it. Like, if I can sign up and say I'm anyone, then how does it verify anything? It, All it, it, it does is like- it verifies that you really went and did this, that you are in their system. You can only have one account. Okay, but it's like for it. not getting the other 60 bucks, but that's like not as big of a deal as what I'm saying. It's, it's not like it's really verifying anything if I can say I'm anyone. That's correct. Yeah, they don't know who you are, at least according to what I've seen here. They're just trying to prove that you're a human. That's all they're doing, at least at this stage. Whether other things come later, what other things they have in mind, I don't know. So they secure, they scan your iris, they save the data on a blockchain, and they claim it can't be spoofed or duplicated. But that's you know, the part that's really con- con- confusing to me, because like, why couldn't some human scan their information into the system, and then just turn it over to an AI? How is it that the AIs would be prohibited from getting this data and using it to pretend like they're a human online? That part I don't understand at all. Um, I just think people should get over wanting to be online and never encountering AI stuff. Just get not stupid, and if you have a real question about something you're seeing, ask someone in real life in some capacity. Sure, no doubt about it. So WorldCoin is a digital identification platform, they say, that aims to provide each person on Earth with a convenient way to verify they're a real human and not a bot or an AI algorithm. The company building WorldCoin, which is called Tools for Humanity, co-founded by Sam Altman, who is known better known for creating ChatGPT, he ironically has played a central role in sparking the current AI gold rush, which has significantly worsened the very problem that WorldCoin proposes to solve. WorldCoin has built its digital passport system using the cryptographic and blockchain tools that support the wider world of cryptocurrency. It also supports the WLD crypto token plus a payments platform. So how does it work? Well, think of it as a three-legged stool, they say at Forbes. It only works if people adopt and use three mutually reinforcing components. One, World ID which is the heart of what they say the platform is. They claim it will enable users to verify their humanness while maintaining their privacy. 
This so-called proof of personhood is created by the iris scanning device called the orb. Much like fingerprints, your iris pattern is different from every, every other human's. The orb scans the, your iris and uses its structure to create a unique identification code called an iris code. That code is not associated with your personal information. It, they say, exists to solely prevent people from acquiring more than one world ID. What's on your mind, Sarah? Oh, yeah. I just wanted to bring up that um, a couple years ago, like five years ago, they're going to build a half a billion dollars worth of uh, community center in a very wealthy neighborhood. And we opposed it and stopped it from building it. Why? Well, it's just not there. I mean, it would have took me three buses to go to that community center. And then I'm in a poor neighborhood. We we don't even have a library. We just barely keep a library or anything open there. And I, and I thought it was so unfair. But I think beggars can't be choosers. You know, the kind, hindsight, I, I would have supported that now because it would have been a, a public access. It's a community. It's a community center. So even if it's a wealthier neighborhood, poor people could have still used it. You know, so so you've changed your mind, is yeah, what you're saying? Because it sounds like what you're saying is, since people said we don't want it built in that neighborhood, it's now not getting built at all. That's correct. We stopped my community um, stopped it because of unfairness. I mean, how can they afford <laughs> a half a So now you're feeling sorry after you advocated this thing not be built where you didn't want it to be built, but now it's not being built, period, and now you're sad about that? And she said that beggars can't be choosers. Mm-hmm. She called herself a beggar. That's right. It's the, yeah, that's it. Fair. Having some kind of a community access, another access, the beggars can't be choosers. You're right. Mm-hmm. Even if I had to take three buses to get there, I would have been entitled to another, instead of what they had, they would have had another one. What sort of things were supposed to be happening? I mean, what, what was the plan for this thing? What, what events would have been attracting you to get on the city bus and go out there? Um, well, they were supposed to have a, a, um, a skateboard park. It was supposed to be like worth half a million. Like but you're not a skating million. person, right? Like you don't go skateboarding. Right, they would have a community room, they would have a gym, they would have like public showers for the gym, they would have uh, maybe a computer room, the usual same thing as a community community center. If you wanted to have a, a meeting, have a, some kind of a neighborhood meeting, you're entitled as long as you book it. Mm-hmm. And so, are you a workout person? Do you go to the gym? No, I I am I am not a workout person mm-hmm. but i've seen a community center in the wealthier neighborhood do you think hold on before you go on, i'm just curious i just want to see what's interesting about this to you so you wouldn't likely start using the gym if there was a gym there no i wouldn't but they, no. but they have um sitting areas where you could sitting um like like tables where you could study mm-hmm. uh chairs for you to relax yeah and, yeah but isn't there like a library you could go to if you wanted to study things i mean they have that already don't they but this was going to be a, in addition. They do have a community center. How far away is the library to your house? Pretty close. Pretty close. Okay, right. so if you want to go study and sit down in a chair, you could go to the library right now. 
Oh, that's, cor- that's correct. Yeah, okay. I'm just trying to see correct. what this thing is bringing to the table that is interesting to Sarah. So the gym part, not so much. Sitting down, I mean, you can do that in a lot of places. You kind of you kind of already have that. Uh, you could probably have a chair at your house. Yeah, whatever the other thing was that I you said you weren't interested in. Oh, the skateboard park. Uh, so there was right. a computer room, and we know from your previous calls, Sarah, that you're not particularly computer-oriented, so I don't think you're going to go there. I mean, you're not going to go there to use a computer, right? Not really, but what, what I like about And hold on, hold on, just to clarify before you go on. Most libraries these days have computers. Mm, yeah, now, I mean, point. Albuquerque is a pretty big city. I'm presuming there's computers available for public use at the library, right? Well, they gave out free tablets for $10. At the library? No, just hand them out and take them home. That you, I mean, you don't even have to go to the library to get use a computer. But Free tablets for $10? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that doesn't make sense. That's what she said. She said that, yeah. yeah. How is it a free tablet for $10? That's a great question, Bonnie. Well, they, they want that much to register, and you're good for like three years, and you have access to computers. So I, I think they came up with that with a COVID. So then the public library accesses were all closed down for a while. So this is what it's like the same thing as a free phone. But it's a free tablet. Okay, but it's ten dollars. Well, it's still way cheaper right. than. I mean, it's almost free, but uh, it's not. Tablet would be. So it's, it's almost really, free. So, just to clarify, are these tablets? You're basically are you checking out the tablet from the library for ten dollars, and that you have to return it within three years, or is it that it, you're buying the tablet and you never have to bring it back? Right. It, the, it's a it's a freebie, but not not really. As long as you pay fifteen dollars, it's yours and it works for fifteen years. As long as now you it's fifteen dollars. It. I, I don't know. It's a ten. The or price just okay. It's ten or fifteen dollars. But what you're saying is you don't have to bring it back to the library three years later no. or something. Okay, so they're selling yeah. these things, but they still have computers at the library, right? Like you could just go and sit That's down correct. at a computer. Yeah. Okay. So what is it that this uh, community center is really bringing to the table that you feel was necessary? Well, what I thought wasn't necessary, when I went to the North Domingabaca, it was pretty crowded when it was like 103 degrees. Mm -hmm. It'll be another additional more space for me, for people to... Use it as like a, a cooling center. A cooling like, you know, center. Well, Sarah is not homeless now, but she used mm-hmm. to be homeless. So right. maybe the point is just a place to go in the daytime that is not the Albuquerque, New Mexico heat. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.